0: Reset Rebel, it's the Reset Rebel, it's the Reset Rebel, it's the Reset Rebel, coming to you every
1: day. Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. Um, Really lovely, as always, to have you along, uh, whether it be morning, noon, night or day, um it's always a pleasure uh, to have you with us and um today I'm really 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 excited uh, to be speaking to someone I've been hotly in pursuit of for quite a while now really since this podcast began in fact um he's someone that I admire enormously respect enormously and I'm lucky enough to spend um a reasonable bit of bit of time with um when he gives his five rhythms of dance workshops once monthly Um, but sometimes those little hiatuses in between those appointments are a little longer and the reason for that is that Chris Connors um, today's guest is a busy man he's recently created a product called Box moments and he says that sometimes you've got to get into the box to break out of it and no one likes to live in a box uh a cardboard box, as I believe the song goes. Um, because, yeah, we always like to be thinking outside of the box, moving outside of the box, shaking outside of the box. And that is definitely something we do on the dance floor in Chris's classes. So it feels like something I've always wanted to find out a lot more about, this meditative um, experience that he has created in cities um, around the world since I kind of last spent a bit of time with him, which was in his retreat centre or his retreat um, immersion at the end of last year and basically um, he says that when we live from our present state reality, accessing the power and beauty of the present moment we eat better, sleep better communicate better and live in a more balanced state of being that he calls uh, relaxed action, now I love that Um, and I feel like that is a really beautiful place to be, and it's not always. There seems to be a plane flying overhead right in the middle of this <laughs> recording. Um, there's never never a good time um, to be in relaxed action, is there, let's be honest. Um, it's a difficult place to find anywhere in this uh, very hectic world that we all reside in. Um, and I feel like it's something that I access on an infrequent basis. I try to put it into my uh, diary on a daily basis. I try to squeeze it in, um, that appointment with myself, to check in before I check out for the rest of the day and jump on my laptop and, you know, get involved on my phone and do all those wonderful things. And I think I've always had an argument with myself, which we talk about um, in today's interview, um, whether meditation can be moving, I've always found it very tough to sit cross legged and do that kind of, um, you know, typical statured uh, meditation that we traditionally are led to believe is the only way to really find and sink into the deep bliss. So for me, I have spent way more of my time uh, meditating in movement than I have um, in stillness, but I, I, you know, would love to be able to have more access to those still moments. Um, And as Chris always also says, Uh, about this particular product, the B-Box Moments, that he's introducing around the world, currently stateside, um, and I think shortly to be arriving in New York. Um, He says that he's passionate for us all to become more still in the city while still living in the city. And I guess, you know, cities are notoriously tricky places to be. Uh, And coming from one in Ireland, which was particularly full of chaos and carnage and, um, yeah just a really tough place to find that stillness, to find that peace, to find that serenity. Um, It all seems to have come um, full circle for Chris. So I'm really, really excited to be sharing his story today about how he found living in Ibiza and why he came here um, as someone that so many people here um, know and love and have so much respect for. Um, But today's podcast um, is brought to us, as always, by our sponsor, Giggle Water, um, which is inspired by the 1920s playful American term meaning alcoholic beverage. Um, Giggle Water is a lifestyle brand with a passion for value, innovation, and a strong social mission. Um, So it's founded on the idea of having a life of balance, happiness, and health. And the brand is focused on creating products that are relevant and meaningful to people's lives and their experiences therein, as well as giving back to global communities via charity, and environmental projects, including the Ibiza Preservation Fund and Clean Ibiza Now. So having spoken to Catherine uh, of Giggle Water Wines, the CEO and founder, who's also a dear friend of mine, she says that um, she believes that there needs to be more of a focus on wellness and balance in the alcoholic drinks industry and in people's lives in general. So this is core uh, to the theme and foundation of the Giggle Water brand. And the reason... I felt it would be good to partnership uh, with Giggle Water on this podcast is because, uh, as the very title suggests, resetting ourselves in Ibiza after, um, yeah, little bits of partying and little bits of over-socialising is something that's incredibly necessary on a regular basis. Uh, Like anywhere else in the world, um, we all need to reset ourselves often uh, to stay in tune with where we want to be. And I think... A lot of the wellness experts here are people by their very nature who have a foot in both camps, and people that like to live their lives in balance, um, being able to go out and enjoy all the fruits of Ibiza and the, you know, the dance floors, but also feel good a lot of the time, or most of the time, in fact. Um, and going from A to B does require a little bit of focus, a little bit of motivation, and a little bit of. Um, the word really I guess like tenacity and um, desire you know that desire to stay well um, in a place where it's not always necessarily so easy. has got to be something that you commit to and um, discipline is a word that Chris and I are discussing quite a lot in today's podcast and has been a real theme for me of late. So I'm really 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 um, like I say looking forward to sharing everything he has to say. He's a wonderful man he's got a beautiful Irish accent which just feels like yeah, a massage for the ears. Um, so, without further ado, this is Chris Connors um, talking to us about his Bee Box Moments project um, and his five rhythms of dance uh, creations. Don't go away. So, I'm uh, here uh, on the beach in Santilalia and uh, very, very delighted to be with today's guest, that is Mr. Christopher Connors. Good evening.
0: Hi, Joe. How are you doing?
1: I'm very, very good, thank you. And um, I just never expected to be pretty much sort of in bed with you, really, for this podcast. <laughs>
0: it's a dream come true.
1: Well, well indeed. <laughs> Every girl's dream, that's for sure, it would be there.
0: <laughs> I don't even know how I could answer that one, but that's okay. <laughs> well, to we'll
1: set the scene a little bit further. We're actually right. lying um, on a very large double sunbed, um, which is feeling very opulent and luxurious and gazing out to the most beautiful pink, fluffy sunsets.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. You can see the the sort of turquoise waves, the pink clouds are reflecting the western sun. And it's just an Ibiza moment, as we kind of have many days.
1: We are very blessed in that department, there's no denying. I'm feeling very, um, well, I don't know, I've never really seen the sky look like this before in Santillalia. So I'm definitely uh, enjoying this moment. And it feels quite an apt setting, really, for uh, a podcast where we're going to talk about meditation in a moment.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Great.
1: Looks like one of those sort of scenescapes that you would see on some sort of, you know, YouTube movie on meditation with a guided sort of uh, it's talking voice. Still YouTube
0: voice. videos where they're just kind of the waves rippling and the sky looking beautiful and pink and fluffy. Yeah, that's it.
1: It's a tough life. It's a tough life. Someone's <laughs> got to live it. And um, so, I mean, first off, I mean, you know, I think I think the first time I ever clapped eyes on you was in the orange shop in santilalia All those uh, many many moons about about five years ago, you were with Susie Pearl, our dear friend. <laughs>
0: I was. I was probably looking to install my phone and and get grounded here. That was that was partly when I just moved here. When I decided to come here and spend my the majority of my life here. Yeah.
1: And how are you feeling about that decision right now?
0: Well, I'm here, and it's five years. And you know, I always say when when people ask me, you know, how is Ibiza all this time? And I said, you know, it gets better with age for me. It's a it, Ibiza just gets better and better. I keep unfolding and finding more and. Um, in the good words of many people here, you know the island is good to me, so uh, I'm enjoying every single moment of it.
1: In what ways would you say that it's kind of you know, it's good to you exactly?
0: Well, obviously there's the obvious benefits of living in uh, in a place that has so much light, and that really and that really inspires me. It gives me, you know, it's so good for our serotonin levels, so good for our brain, our body. Um, And then also just living in community in this sort of, I I would say is like a big commune, you know. We live in this sort of real flow and you'll know from the five rhythms the the rhythm of flow is that sort of everything feels very at ease when you're in flow. There are days when it's not but when it does, my word, there's nothing like the flow of Ibiza. You will not find in many parts of the world. When you're in a good day here, things are good.
1: I have to agree with you there. Yeah, Mm. I mean the highs are quite unbelievable and uh, yeah, the lows are also exacerbated in, in such a similar fashion <laughs> yeah. at times. Yeah. So yeah, it it does ex- you know it does assist. Mm. There's no doubt about it. When things are rolling, they're really yeah. rolling. But you know, in all ways. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's a, again you know in Ibiza. You know, I always say for people say to me, you know, how do you live in this place, which you know it's not like a city at all. It's completely a different world. And I said, well, for me, you know, it's really um, an invitation to live every day in good practice with good awareness. You know, keep yourself grounded here. It's really important. You know, it's easy to fly away in Ibiza and get very lost. Um, But I always say Ibiza is the island of the seeker. I don't know what everybody's seeking, but I can feel they're here for something. And they want something good for themselves. Even if it's the wildest party or the deepest meditation, you know, it definitely feels like they want something good.
1: I think that's definitely true. But I think, I guess, you know, particularly with your your practice that you have, I mean, you know, you, you are probably more able to stay grounded uh, the most people here with a daily kind of go-to tool to reset yourself essentially
0: yeah yeah i'm big on that i'm big on on you know resetting every single day for me it's morning noon and night you know it's not just uh, a class you know in a, in a nice place it's uh, it's my life it's my life choice my lifestyle you know it doesn't mean i'm a monk but it means that i can live in good practice and good awareness and my choices are good and you know, I feel well for that. So Ibiza gives me everything I need, and you know, I'm pretty alert and aware to the things that I don't want to get involved with, and that's that's okay too. You know, there's a place for everything, not just for me. You know.
1: No, absolutely. And I mean, you know, the thing I love about this island and the wellness experts, for example, let's, yes. uh, let's call them that live here, yes. like your good self, yes. um, is that, you know, they have a foot in both caps. And that's exactly why I called this podcast The Reset Rebel, because, mm. you know, for example, I've seen Berg's um, mm. at Woo Moon, and right. I've, I've shared many a dance floor right. and I've turned around and he's been there. And, and I was actually at Pikes the other evening at the DJ Harvey closing party. And yeah, I span around and there was one of my favorite <laughs> Reset Rebels. There you are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sweaty and some hot. Good funk. Oh, absolutely. That was a good purge of sweat <laughs> that night. Yeah, I'm I'm, you know, for me the most important thing is keeping your vibration really good, you know. And I know we use that word a lot around here, vibration, but it's true, you know. And I'm I'm definitely up for the good times as well, you know. And uh it's balance, you know. I I know when they're good and when they feel good, I'm ready for that, you know. And you know, my the, you know, you asked me earlier um, just as we were setting up when, you know, uh, why did you come to Ibiza well uh, I came here my first time I came here was in 1992 and uh, the reason why it's quite a story really but the reason why was because uh, I was caught on a bomb in Belfast I was in a huge bomb explosion in the, in the city and I was pushed into uh, uh, a Virgin Megastore at that time and I remember going in and we were locked in and we had to stay there and um, uh, it was all go- pandemonium outside and I remember looking at the wall, and they used to have CDs in the wall. Remember the sort of CD players mm-hmm. that you could choose? And uh, I, I remember being so drawn by this CD cover.
1: Oh, I think we're going to be kicked out. No, that's not. <laughs> He, he, he uh, was, thought better, was,
0: better of it. <laughs> was the waiter.
1: <laughs> you were drawn by a CD cover.
0: I was drawn by this CD cover, and it was exactly these colours of pink and blue and it was this light turquoise blue and it was the cover of the Café del Mar album and so I put on the earphones and I remember just being completely transported into a completely other world and I remember just thinking what is this music and where is this stuff and um, I looked on the cover and it said Ibiza I was like I didn't even really know where Ibiza was you know. I was just a young Belfast boy kind of stuck in that world in a very 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 difficult traumatic world and um, those colours, I'll never forget. This colourway, um, that was kind of pastel pinks and blue, pastel pink and blues. And um, and within weeks, I was in a visa. I found a way to get here, and I wanted to go to that place that was making this music, and so I did. And the rest is the rest. And I'm here.
1: So that was the experience that sort of drew you in, it basically.
0: Was. Yeah. And I landed here and. Yet, you know, I could not believe the freedom, you know, I had grown up in a place of complete structure and uh, fear and institutional fear and, you know, a lot of really post-traumatic stress, you know. And so for me, uh, you know, my PTSD was a really big part of my life to resolve. And um, when I came to Ibiza, the sensation of dancing on the beach with DJs and music was the beginning of the release. So I am deeply, deeply grateful to this island, for so many reasons, not just to enjoy it, but it was it's a medicinal island for me, and maybe for many.
1: How was it growing up in a place with such structure and such sort of institutionalised terror?
0: Just what you could imagine, you know. We grew up... It's funny because, you know, in a way, we, we grew up in a way that was kind of like the way we're moving right now, you know, but Belfast was an extreme version of that, i.e., you know, constantly security checks, bomb scares. You know, your whole life was... Really in terror really um, and it was a funny place because you know on some level the view of it might be that it was sort of they used to call it the troubles but we were in a war state it was a war really we were in that frame of mind of war you know any day was your life you know it wasn't just a little trouble in the streets it was your whole life is in danger and and truly <laughs> and so I grew up with that um, you know, but for me it was home as well. It's such a curious thing. People always say, well, why didn't you just get out? And it's like, but when it's your home and your family and your family's family and your whole structure, where do you, where do you go? It's you're, you, you, you survive with that instinct, you know. But that said, you know, Belfast had amazing resilience and the people are amazing there. And, you know, and then when I was 17, 18, we, used to, we got into the acid house music and started dancing and raving, our, really raving to release our energy and that's when i started getting into movement to release energy you know i started to realize i was it was helping me so you know there's a lot to say for the raving and the dancing of that time for me personally that uh you know it was so important for me
1: yeah I, well that's one of the favorite places that i do bump into is your yeah. wonderful five rhythms workshops that yeah. you hold up at um, the house of yeah, colors in there. san juan
0: yeah I love seeing you walk in and just walk in and then sort of mosey about and then by the end you're like totally drenched and released and refreshed and exhausted and you know there's something to be said for the exhausted mind right it's so relaxing when you exhaust your mind and that's part of what we do there of course we exhaust our minds you know so we can exhaust
1: everything, really. and everything my <laughs> exhaust falls off by the end of it <laughs> it blows up
0: beyond exhaustion I know that's so true
1: mm. I just, yeah, I well, I don't know, really. To, to me, I can't, re- I can't, you know, it's going to sound a bit cheesy, I suppose, but I just cannot thank you. I mean, thank you enough. Cool. I was only thinking about it the other night because yeah. when I was in bed after last week's session, I just was kind of going back through my mind, really, about yeah. that whole journey for me because I was saying to you after the last Five Rhythms workshop last week, I, mm. I felt such resistance going there. Yeah. And the first time I ever went was in Brighton, and I went um, to this church at the yeah. end of a place I was actually house-sitting. Right. And it felt like we were dancing on the graves of a sort of, you know, lunatic's asylum, basically. And I I never went back for a really long time because the people in there were bonkers. Scary, like, you know, howling and screaming and shouting and roaring and crying and stamping and and thumping on the floor with their fists. And I was like, what's all this about? It was like not my favourite experience. But until I came here, probably to a more gentle energy and someone like you teaching it, of course, makes all the difference. And you know, you did inspire me to go to New York and try yeah. it over there as well, yeah. which is incredible.
0: Yeah. same,
1: similar madness vibes, but yeah, just but much more fun.
0: for it this time? Yeah, yeah, I get that. I, you know, the thing is, you know, in any kind of conscious practice, which it is, um, which we do, you know, self-awareness is such a big hurdle to get through. You know, walking into any room and not feeling self-conscious is a miracle, right? So it's, you know, it happens for all of us. We suddenly go in and we're hit by ourselves and that's always the first step you know it's always my first step when i started this practice and i started meditating was you know moving through all my self-consciousness and i realized you know i i was kind of looking through the room through my own lens like it was all my story which kind of it is in a way all my projections all of my stuff going on in the room um until I became comfortable with the practice and then the practice started to guide me so you know with that work then it was less walking in and thinking god this is a full of a bunch of weirdos into I'm walking in because I need to release something and I have, some, I have work to do and I've got my stuff and I actually don't really care who's here and whoever pops up will pop up and then you move even further walk in and go okay I'm in a house of mirrors I'm in everyone is me and that's a whole other stage where you're kind of like okay so this is all my reflection going on right now and that's another layer so it's kind of like i expect that i expect people to walk in and feel self-conscious or resistant or i want that i'm not i'm not asking people to walk in and be angelic and spiritual and all sort of styled up and ready i'm asking people to go through a journey to come to the other side and really awaken through themselves and do their work to get there
1: i think that's exactly what it feels like work in some ways because um just before i moved to ibiza i was i was in uh, i was in india and i decided i was just walking down the beach and i met this guy who was quite attractive and that was definitely one of the reasons i decided to plunge myself into this um contact dance festival for a right. week he was just telling me about it as i sat there drinking right. a cup of tea and then the next thing i knew i'd actually signed up and i thought this is deeply deeply uncomfortable i've never done contact dance it was like 147 people from like 38 countries from around the world and a lot of them were like Indian men, and I was mm-hmm. like, mm, "This is going to be weird," and it was. Yes. It was horrible. Uh, <laughs> in lots of lots of moments, I felt deeply uncomfortable. I but I thought my method here was like, if I can dance this out for a week of my life, stone cold sober. Mm. I would like to be able to learn to get mm. into my body in that way before I go right. to a place where I know I might be tempted to get smashed up quite yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, sure. Uh, more than I would be in my own uh, home habitat, which was right. Brighton at the time. Right. So that's kind of why I, why I threw myself into that. Yeah. And then directly after that, followed this five rhythms thing, which, right. okay. which really led on neatly and beautifully from that. But it conjured up the same kind of feeling of being quite, yeah, just resistant and hesitant yeah. and uncomfortable yeah. and a bit like...
0: Yeah, you know, sure. what is this? But sure. I just
1: when you get into it, I and mean, when you really surrender yeah. to it and throw yourself off the yeah. deep end, yeah. my God, the stuff that happens on that dance floor oh, is just magical. Yeah.
0: It is. It's a it's a whole other dimension. You know, sort of conscious dancing or movement. You know, it's really moving. I I'm really happy about that because for the 20 years I've been doing this, you know, it's um, you know, when I first started, it was really tucked away and still very controversial. Even for me, you know, as a meditation teacher, when I was teaching typical simple meditations you know it was very controversial I mean people thought I was they would be moving away you know um, and so I'm happy for it to come into the into our psyche and what I was going to say was that most people are now discovering that they don't have to get drunk or high to dance and in fact you know what I would always say is that the truth is that it's the dance that's the drug, the dance is the drug and the more you can take of it which you can take as much as you want the higher you're going to get the higher you're going to go, you keep going and you keep dancing and you give all of yourself and you will reach places that any drug can take you to and you can get there, you know, you really can and I love that phrase, get high on your own supply, you know, it's there. All drugs do are they fast access you there, you know, but then you pay the cost, you know, and you're not really there. The thing is, there's an interesting direction with drugs is that they will take you to a place of complete, you know, inhibition and the feeling of freedom um, but there's a part of you that's not conscious and not not present to what's really happening, and that's a shame in a way, or it's a miss. Not a shame, but it's a miss. You know, it's like a miss of those potential moments. You know, so the, there's a sort of for me. I, I, I tend to you know, when I used to go clubbing a lot in my early days in the '90s and in the late '90s, going out dancing, and when I started discovering this practice, I would go and dance with my friends who all thought I was more high than them and I was completely just in dance you know, Uh, but that's my place to go, that's my resource, you know and I have some tools to get me there, you know but I would encourage people always to just really kind of dance more, you know Uh, it's it's so good for our western mind, we're so heady and critical and full of our thoughts and we believe everything we think which is ridiculous, Uh, you know, whereas movement is so such good medicine for our thinking you just throw your thoughts into your body it can really really settle your mind You know,
1: oh, just come back more you just don't you're not here enough that's the tragedy of it all it's like I've only been once this year and I just I like I just you know last week I was like I just need this I need yeah. this in my life because it yeah. bleeds into every other area and I, I feel it and I see it, it and I'm like I don't know. Yeah. I'm on the cusp of going back to New York again actually for a little bit more, good. maybe even a teacher training. I don't know. Nice, I'm playing with it. Nice. But you know, you said that obviously the founder and the creator who's very sadly not with us anymore was Gabrielle mm. Roth. And yeah. you know, I mean, how is that to have kind of spent a bit of time with her?
0: Yeah, I spent many years with Gabrielle, you know. We, we we created a really dear friendship and a dear connection, um, for quite a long time in our life. Um, you know, I can only say this because Gabrielle for me, you know, I had been to India many, many times and I spent many years in many ashrams and many monasteries and retreats and, and I honour every single one of those experiences and every one of those masters and gurus um, but with Gabrielle when I met her in New York she sat on the, on the stage I'll never forget, she was head to toe in this fashion black in this beautiful Andamilomister who's my favourite fashion designer as well which was kind of weird, Belgian, Japanese mix with a big diamond ring and red nail varnish and sort of looked like Patti Smith, you know, kind of rock chicky <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you're my kind of woman. I was like, you know, I wasn't really prepared yet to kind of, having come from fashion, I wasn't really prepared to give up my own style to sort of adopt a yogi style or a Buddhist style. It was, You know, style's important for me. It's an expression of your individuality and who you are. And, and I think in the West, that's important to us, you know. To live egoless is very challenging in the West. You know, you can go and do that in the East, but in the West, it's not so easy. And so when I saw her, we instantly connected it was immediate and uh, we hung out a lot and I can tell you it was really like being with a kind of superstar a kind of rock star superstar with swagger but a beautiful heart and a mind and a master's mind and heart and so you know being around her was just delicious you know it was really wow you know Uh, wow you know it's almost like no words you know because the experiences that I had with her were so uh, incredibly expansive and um, the amount of learning that I had that was so immediate with her with her was incredible and, um, you know, I, I, I live in testimony to her, actually because, you know, she never left New York she lived in New York for 50 years uh, she was head and toe in the city she was committed to the city um, and to all of the mess of the city to really deep healing in the city, which most people were not doing, and um, and also for all the individuals and the outcasts, from the transsexuals to the people dying of AIDS, and all through, you know, all the outreach that she's done in community. I mean, she was a really deep healing woman. You know, it wasn't just about funky dancing and sort of a bit of a trip. You know, her work was really deeply put into into the healing modality uh, through movement, and so she had blind. I mean, I remember teaching a blind. Uh, uh, Class with her of 150 blind people who came for the first time to move, and I watched them move and I wept, watching them express. Can you imagine the amount of fear in their body? And they were able to move freely for the first time in their life, and they were weeping. They were, people were just completely freeing up just by simple movement. And then I saw what this practice was doing. So beautiful.
1: Got little little goosebumps happening yeah. after that. Yeah, I like that. Just oh yeah, blows my mind really completely and utterly. I mean, yeah, to be feeling that free when
0: yeah. one of your
1: key senses is completely removed must yeah. be absolutely incredible. It was incredible. just
0: incredible. And they could really dance like dolphins. You know, they could move and dance. And they started really moving around the room. You know, if you think of blind people, generally kind of fumbling away, trying to feel things, really limited, rigid. They were like dolphins in there and they were feeling into each other or, but they'd never push each other or bump it was like, a, it was incredible and that's where I, I saw the power of movement and I saw the intelligence of movement in its deepest healing way and then other ones working in Israel and Palestine uh, with Israeli and Palestinian women um, working with them and, and using movement as an expression of war uh, an expression of hatred an expression of love um, and reconciliation it was, I mean, you know These are not things that words can do. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I definitely saw that on your retreat last year. Actually, Um, but just some of the things that you came out with, like I think one of the—I don't know if I'm allowed to say what you when you were saying about you know—is there any anybody in this room who's lost you know lost a parent and then you know recently and then these people kind of separated off and it just it was just so powerful to kind of see people like dancing their grief and dancing their loss and dancing. Yeah. you know relationships with their parents and I had no idea what was going to come up I've never been on one of these retreats before yeah. especially yeah. you know it was it was very powerful yeah. and I just felt such a yeah I felt such a deep sense of of medicine through that mm. movement It for me yeah. it, it was yeah I'm sure for everybody but it just yeah. really felt very very um, apt at that time at the end of a crazy summer last year I yeah. really needed,
0: needed it yeah. and it was
1: just like wow a yeah. light went off in my entire body that just yeah went with me for for months
0: Mm. well you know for us it's this work the five rhythms work is is more of a it's a it's a map for your life you know it's you know i would always say you know um it's dance is great you know ecstatic dance and all of these these things are fantastic but this work is a it's a life map you know it's a it's a design for your life and so you got to put your life into it in order to understand it you know it's a bit like sort of pouring the the sort of you know, the jelly into the mold, you know, that, that your, your life is that mold, you know. Movement kind of gives you the shape of it and the texture of it, and then you really can see it. And so for me, that's, that's what's most um, beautiful about it, you know. It's a, it's a resource, uh, you know, it's a method, it's a meditation, um, but it's also a, a medicine.
1: So would you say that's, that's kind of healed a lot of this PTSD? Or would you say you oh, found yeah. that more through your meditation practice? No,
0: for me, this work was so deep in that healing. You know, I, the amount of things that I discovered in, in, through movement, because words had, would never take me there. Because, you know, trauma like that, heightened trauma, if you've grown up, you know, as a three-year-old, you know, with guns pointing at you down the street and tanks going around the, the, sto- the, the, the main roads, and um, you grow up with that sense of your life's in danger every day... Um, that trauma lives in your body, and only through movement could I really, really feel the amount that was sitting in my system. And also, could I articulate it and release it? And as Gabrielle always said, which is the most beautiful line: "Turn your suffering into art, your art into awareness, and your awareness into action." And that's what happened to me. All my PTS, all the mental suffering I had, I started to formulate through movement, my body, and express it and find shape. Start to. Have fun with it, move it, shift it, and then let it be and let it rest, and and then it would leave. And you know, my, the left side of my body was so frozen, and I didn't know, of course. But um, when I released it, I, it doesn't sit with me anymore. You know, it's really clear, simple fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Wow. No, I just love yeah. that. I just yeah, yeah. I think it's just absolutely fascinating. Really, what can happen when you really start? To, I mean, as a yoga teacher, I mean, for me. I got a little bit bored with this whole, you know, doing something on the left side, then repeating it on the right. And, right. you know, just it was a very yeah. linear frame of movement. And right. until I, I found my teacher, who mm. I absolutely worship now, mm. Um, mm. Julie Martin. Right. She, um, you know, she's an ex New York choreographer and yes. dancer. Yeah. And then she lives in Hawaii now. Yeah. And I'm actually going on um, her retreat in January. It's an immersion oh, for a week with this non linear, unstructured kind of frame of of work that she's kind of she calls uh, the intelligent yoga rebellion where it's about kind of moving into um freedom of movement Mm. and unstructured movement Mm. and and a kind of yoga that massages the fascia so it's Mm. very much about kind of getting into a more intelligent way of uh of of moving the body that is loosely based on yoga but ultimately it's very much a different thing entirely and that's what i did on my 500 hour and she's incorporating that with the Five Rhythms teacher. So it's the two of them together oh, for a week. Fantastic. I'm literally wetting my pants. Oh. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> That's wonderful, you know. I think it's, um, for me, um, you know, uh, our work in, in movement, the Five Rhythms work, is, um, you know, we, I get a lot of yoga teachers coming to my classes. And, um, you know, for the Western mind, it's a very good thing to be able to have freedom because, you know, we are, the Westerners are psychodramatic and we are naturally highly emotive and expressive and what we're very good at is making change happen and we're very good at breaking through and we're very good at innovating and we're very good at saying yeah I agree to that no I don't and we're very good at vocalizing our whole way of life in the east however you know they're extremely good at following a pattern and sort of repeating and becoming and sort of You know, uh, practicing in that way and and sort of going all the way through, and so for me, my personal challenge with um, linear practices was that, you know, I could not. My mind would not let me do that. I'm an artist, really, in the essence of myself, and my art needed to express, and I couldn't become a sort of linear formula. I couldn't. I couldn't adhere to that. I was too rebellious, actually, and my rebel really saved me, because I was off to monasteries to. Trained for years through buddhism i was off to ashrams to you know i was doing all of that but actually what really came to me was fundamentally it's all within me and that's my universe and that's that needs to explore and express like a good westerner and we deserve to own ourselves you know i don't believe that we need to go and always just bow down to eastern philosophies even though they are the gatekeepers of great wisdom they are they're amazing and I you know I'm extremely grateful to them all for what they've done in my life. But we have a we have our own innate wisdom and our own indigenous belonging to our land, which is important that we embody and become
1: so out of interest, I mean for me meditation um it's something that you know we're kind of traditionally told we have to like sit down we have to cross our legs we have to be still Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and for me I've always found meditation through movement Mm -hmm. through walking and everyone's like oh no 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 that's not meditating it's like well actually when I go without my phone and without anything at all in India for four hours in the morning at sunrise and I walk I don't know about 25k actually on the beach with my, my feet bare yeah. and that for me I, I can get to much, right. uh, stuff happens like it's just total magic but sure. I'm interested from your perspective like do you find your meditation more, you know, is more accessible through movement or when you're sitting uh, still uh,
0: they're a little different you know it depends how I am um, you know in the moment because I'm always different you know in terms of my state of mind, my state of body um, my state of being um, but for me movement spoke to me because I you know, there was nothing that brought me to the present state more than movement and fundamentally that's what meditation really is it's access to the present state You know, and that, that present state is a state of not engaging the mind in the way that we're kind of used to it's the way that the mind has sort of taken over us um, and so movement naturally took me there it was so quick, it was so instant actually um, so I would say for me that that reflects me a lot more to move because I, I know it so well um, but in my teaching of seated meditation mostly through Buddhist principles um, you know there's, different, there's a whole kind of structure and science in that and there's a whole science to kind of um, sitting in posture and you know becoming the stillness and watching the mind follow that that's quite a beautiful thing too um, and allowing sort of yourself to go through all of your discomfort to get to that space um, it's a beautiful thing. So I, I, don't, I don't know if I compare. I think it feels like it's just a matter of when, but I don't think anyone ever really needs to say that is meditation and that's not, you know, because we have a universal way of being, and it is universal and it's personal, and for me, any way that you are finding. Uh, a, a way of objectively watching your thoughts and watching your your beingness and connecting out to the universe is your meditation that's it that's beautiful.
1: That's interesting, and I noticed on your on your website because obviously you, you know the founder and creator, which is one of the biggest reasons I wanted to talk to you today sure. of, of the b Box Moments, and you kind of called that the theatre of presence, yeah. which I absolutely love because yeah. I always call this the theatre of radio, <laughs> particularly in London when I used to work at you know various newsrooms, and we would right. just basically watch a Sky News clip and then jump outside the front door and pretend we were outside the high court and then do a voice piece. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was the theatre of radio. Yeah, but yeah, obviously, yeah. the theatre of presence is, is yeah. beautiful, and right. I love that. So right. I would absolutely love to hear about how this all kind of came to fruition.
0: Well, um, well, there's a few things. One is that, you know, my you know big part of my heart lies in the city, and, you know, the more that I was kind of waking up to my own realities and my own sort of world... Um, I just, you know, I was going off to work with Gabrielle a lot and coming back to the city and realising how many people that I used to work with or know or love were just really depressed, you know. And I mean depressed like depressed, not necessarily just mentally, emotionally depressed. Like their whole system was compressed and depressed. And and, um, I kind of realised that, you know, that there really wasn't anywhere to go. I mean, people were... This is sort of late '90s, early 2000s, and you know, um, September the 11th happened, and you know, then everything sort of shaking. That cities became shaky. But I always grew up in a shaky city, and my dream in Belfast was always to create a space of stillness. It's always been since a child I used to draw all the pictures on the city where people could go and just be together and reconcile. And um, I've always had that. It's instinctive in, in nature in me to be a, a peacemaker, really. And so b was born as a way to bring sacred spaces back to the city. That's what I really wanted. And because I have a design and luxury and aesthetic background, I wanted that to feel new and different. And I wasn't adhering to any dogmatic belief. I wanted it to be for everybody. It wasn't conditional that like you went in and suddenly you were studying Buddhism or or uh, some kind of Vedic side. Or It, it wasn't about that. And so... Um, over the years with the rise of acceptance of meditation and um, this, this kind of phenomenon coming um, I started to look into the neuroscience of meditation heavily and realised that if I could create these little spaces um, and they were accessible all over the world in cities all over the world then people have a place to go if they're shaky themselves inside if their home is shaky, which is often the case or if their city is shaky, where can they go and actually have some space that's safe and, and that they can also get really good medicine of meditation or or experience because it's not just about meditation. It's not learning to meditate in there. It's about experiencing over a long period of time the present moment and we have lots of different aspects that come in, which is the theatre, which invites you to your brain to become more, more um, uh uh, more plastic more with more plasticity it can it really allows itself to to engage with present state thinking so that you're less focused on your sort of usual thought patterns and actually it'll shift your patterns of your brain actually forever but <laughs> you know <laughs> that's a beautiful thing so you'll come out and it will do some good work put it that way
1: I mean a lot of people I mean you know obviously when I I do teach a little bit of meditation at the start of my yoga class but everyone's yeah. very put off by the idea of meditating because they're like oh but I can't empty my mind of thoughts it's like right. yeah no shit yeah. <laughs> who can it's, yeah. a, it's a very tough thing to do yeah, so I, I'm so intrigued I, by this
0: yeah sorry I just I kind of you know I'm 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 a stickler for that one because you know um, anyone who ever tells you to empty your mind of thoughts, I don't know what they're thinking, because <laughs> they're obviously thinking about something. And actually, you know, that's impossible. And it's not... I mean, it's possible. Of course it is. It's possible through all, you know, forms of rigorous practice. And but, But what's the point of that? Like, I always say that, you know. What's the point of just emptying your mind of thoughts? What's the, you know, is there a benefit to that? And for me, you know, I'm always saying it's about really creating relationship with your thoughts creating healthy relationship with it not emptying it emptying it in the west creates more for me is creating more um, punishment so it's kind of like all oh right so i'm going to now i have to lose weight and i have to lose my thoughts <laughs> oh great <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> that's another you know thing to beat myself with i'm like no you know it's like question yourself what is your relationship with your thinking because whenever you get into a more healthy relationship through meditation. Your thinking does not become you, and of course we know that you are, we are not our thoughts. You know, we know that, and the more we we engage with that, our thoughts will release and release and release and become more and more, actually meaningless in some way. But they're always going to be there. All the little chip chip yeah yeah yep, you know you're never good enough you're this and that they are there you know and they do fade over time with more meditation absolutely. So I don't think that's the goal. What a, you know, what's the point of that? And also the other goal I would say to anyone out there who's, you know, looking to meditate or even advanced meditation, you know, this is not about being a professional breather. You know, I I don't care if people are amazing breathe a breath. You know, and that's not you know that's a great way to engage the body to open all the systems, to open the glands of the of the whole body, but that's not what it's about. You know. Personally, that's Mm. my view. Uh, It's not about being a good breather. You know that that's not well. It is part of meditation, but that's not the goal.
1: I think yeah. I think there's two things going on there. But I think yes, emptying the mind is nigh on impossible. But for for me, meditation has always been about creating bigger pauses between between things. So noticing my reaction and awareness of those thoughts coming and going, and my ability to respond to them, and and Mm. creating yeah a non-response basically mm-hmm, yeah. in my head and then yeah. ultimately through the rest of my, my person
0: right yeah so that sort of sense of really healthy detachment from thinking is why meditation exists because of course it allows us to create the practice in order to, to really allow us to observe and see it things unfold and go yeah that's that pattern that's going on there it is going and, and eventually it moves and it does and that's with practice it really does So, of course, it's um, um, it's absolutely about, um, like I said, it's about creating a healthier relationship with your thinking, you know, with your thought processes and your feeling processes, and um, you know your your physical processes, all of those things, but also your life processes and your relationship processes, and you know what you see and how you. Of course, it's all of those things, you know.
1: I mean, you know, obviously you said it earlier, but you know, our thoughts aren't reality, and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just, you know haven't kind of uh, tinkered around with, with meditation a little bit, you know, really aren't, you know, they just have no, uh, it's it's very hard to, to, to control those yeah. thoughts, you know, and yes. they overtake your life and they mm. do become things because sure. they overrule what's sure. actually going on underneath that. And right. once you have this awareness that thoughts are just, okay. you know, your naughty mind mm-hmm. like playing with you mm-hmm. and that there is an ability mm-hmm. to actually shut that down mm-hmm. and tune into what's really going on mm-hmm. and make your own kind of existence a lot more pleasurable by mm. having more stillness, more peace, mm-hmm. more mm. ability to access, mm. you know, that other reality, you right. know, uh, what's what your real uh, person desires.
0: Right. Well, it's also, yes, and it's also about, um, you know, allowing th- with that space comes really great thoughts, you know, it's not just about, you know, them all going and, you know, suddenly we're in sort of deep bliss, yes, but actually, you know, it's great when you have very productive thoughts, and you know, uh, create. I mean, thought creativity comes through a lot of different kinds of ways of thinking and seeing, um, and so you know, it's it's more that for me. It's more about how 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 can I set my mind into a space where um, you know it really is useful, and it's productive or creative or engaging or relational or in my heart or. Uh, you know through my body and and you know my mind works that way it's not just um a series of chemicals in my brain you know yeah. um so i for me it's a powerful potent tool meditation it's a it's a way of life for me um but i i just i'm mindful of it becoming a sport and mm. you know a lot more people are signing up for vipassana that's the extreme sport and you know it's like extreme a. Sport. I mean I'm very happy people go but it's an extreme sport you know the extreme sport of meditation but um, you know for me it's much more of a way of integrating into life it's not trying to get out of it you know
1: I mean that's funny because I've signed up for about eight Meant, uh, vipassanas now in India every time I go I you know this little beast will rear it's ugly head and I'll be like yes I'm going, I've even booked flights and all sorts of things and when the push comes to the shove I never go I right. never ever right. go because I'm like I get so happy when I get to India Something, whatever it was that I was feeling that I wanted to go and meditate on uh-huh. will evaporate Evaporated, and I'm like yeah, why would I even do that to myself why do I want to go sit there and torture myself sitting in the same position for like 9 hours of meditation a day, eating terrible food sleeping in a crappy old bed and yeah. getting up at 4am in the morning that to that's me funny. sounds like hell on earth
0: <laughs> that's funny i mean the, you know I've, I've done a few vipassanas in my life and um actually you do feel that a lot when you're in the 3 vipassana um well i do uh, you know my first one i was almost murderous after a third day you know <laughs> um but that's meeting all of the dimensions of the psyche you know and that's quite exciting as well when you can act when you just sit with them you know rather than sort of distract them or engage you know it, it's an, it's, an, it's a very fascinating journey on that level um, but I don't necessarily think it's just the, the solution to everything you know um, you know the workshop world as you know when you, if you've come to my workshops or you know for years in different workshops that I was doing or you know I was always encouraging people you know come to these places but they're not your life you know it's it's your life is out there you know the great workshop is out there you know that's the fun part you know if we're not f- having fun doing this work then what are we doing to ourselves yeah. right
1: but i mean you know the past is not fun let's be honest here like, and and you know when i met i don't know if you know marion stone actually i met her in india and she'd uh-huh. just come off one uh-huh. i mean you know I, well i can't really tell you actually what she said to me that would be a bit, little bit and um, yeah too much sure. sharing bless her heart but you know it it, it just sounded because I, I was also thinking about booking one but it's You know, I think everyone kind of feels like 10 days of silence is a a healthy thing. But I've always thought if I was going to be in silence, I want to be able to move. If I could go on a a movement meditation silent thing, like where I could go hiking in nature and that kind of thing, it'd be perfect. But the idea of sitting for that many hours a day in silence, like it just doesn't feel like the aim of the game of life for me. As you said, it needs to be, I mean, I've had a lot of enjoyment in this life, but that sounds like extreme draconian measures to get to a place of right. potential bliss and there's no guarantees that you're that's going right. there there's no right. you know some people yeah. just never get there right. and you know I would right. say I'm probably going to be one of these people
0: that I, and there is no getting there you know there's only getting here you know there is no there so that's that's what I'm saying that's why I'm saying you know it's that, sort of. Well, hey, That's <laughs> just a wake had up. To slap you. That's all right. That was I'm like so a proper sorry. Wake up. You just had a muzzy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> just slap me across the face. It's fine. Whoa. Um that's a, a wake up. Slap. We used to. We used to go. Yeah, right. We used to go to. It was we Well, no, in the monastery we used to get you know whacked across at the bamboo. You know, meditating if you had a little sort of sleepy nod or, oh yeah. <laughs> sorry, it's all right. That's that's in the moment. Yeah.
1: I just yeah. I think it's interesting. This kind of you know. I mean. I've just I've I've listened to so many podcasts recently I was listening to one from the the Try Yoga guys the other day and it was a woman interviewing Sharon Life from Jeeva mm. um, Mukti about mm-hmm. you know oh you know are you enlightened and I hate mm-hmm. this word yeah. I hate it more yeah. than anything in the world it's I such know. a ridiculous mm. you know uh, kind of um Pedestal to put Mm -hmm. people on, or a place Mm -hmm. that we think Mm -hmm. is going to be accessible in this lifetime for anyone who's normal and is addicted to their phone and uses technology on a daily basis. I mean, the idea that we in this Western world could ever get there, when we are just not programmed and hardwired for stillness.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that journey is um, actually it's a very lonely journey to do that, Um, and it's a decision to make. I remember in my early days, you know, when I started to have a I mean I was meditating a lot at that time like practicing a lot and I remember I had that sort of I, I had the very very first steps in my life where I thought I might do that and um, and luckily I met Gabrielle that's when I met her uh, because you know I'm, I'm grateful was, for that yeah, yeah right um, and you know she just kind of brought a, a sort of a really great sort of New York quip and it was kind of like you know She was like, well, honey, you know, you know what? Monks don't dance, honey. And it was like, you know, and I love dancing. I couldn't give that up, you know, for enlightenment. And she was like, you know, you move and you'll access it. And, you know, there's a place for that. But but, um, in all seriousness, I think that path does exist. I don't think it's for everybody. I certainly feel it is a journey of the loner. And it's the journey, you know, uh, uh, I could sense that that's what I would need to do in order to take that path. And I remember it very well. I was staring at it. Um, and yeah there's no guarantee in that but it was a, a life of a really incredible discipline and then I think there are people who are just you know born into this world into this into this um, uh, uh, generation um, and also incarnation even uh, who walk into this this way and there's not a training in it and you know they are incredibly open and enlightened beings and that does exist for me. I'm very clear about that. Um, and um, you know, they do come through. Um, so you know, they are around, but th- those beings, but I think uh, for the majority of the world, that's um yeah, I wouldn't be throwing that word around too much <laughs> it's uh, it, it's not it's not worth it. You know, it's more punishment. Otherwise, you know, it's a bit like you know, growing up as a Catholic, saying you know, well, Jesus was the perfect example, and you must live in pain, you know, in order to be more and more like him, and pain and suffering and sort of self-loathing, in order to become this. And it was, it's a little bit like that with enlightenment. That it's kind of like, well, until you attain that, then you're just, you know, you're just going to keep working and working and working, and you know, you're never going to get there. And so it's a bit of a stick to hit yourself with, I think.
1: Mm. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, when I first got really into yoga, I did my first teacher training. I mean, I just gave myself a hard time after that first teacher training about everything. Mm -hmm. Drinking, smoking, partying, you know, having too much fun. It was all like... I just felt terrible about myself for a really long time and I just couldn't I stopped going out I became much more internal I was just like nothing is fun anymore not one thing that I used to enjoy can I now do without guilt it's like what was the point of all of that and actually the more I've moved away from that side of it Mm -hmm. the better I feel and I don't I don't want to be going down that path it's not a healthy path as far as I'm concerned particularly not for a girl like me
0: right so you know it's a great there's a great conversation around freedom right so you know um you know, I, I, again another line of Gabrielle. She had some great lines, and you know, she said, "You know, do you have the discipline to be a free spirit?" And I always loved that line, and that was one of her greatest of all. And you know, for me, there is discipline and freedom. I don't think it's about you know, um, there is really no freedom from anything. There's only freedom to be right. So, uh, freedom from isn't freedom. It's, uh, it's you know you're still trying to get away from whatever it is, and so to me, being free to be however you are and whoever you are is the ultimate. So if you're doing that through yoga and discipline, then wonderful. If you're finding deep freedom in that, then how beautiful is that? If you're finding deep freedom doing it your way, then how beautiful is that? And fundamentally, that has got to be what we really want. That's what really opens our channels and our frequency to a joyful, fulfilling life doesn't need to be hard work and resistance all the time, you know, it's part of our psyche but it's not everything so, you know, I would encourage anyone who's, um, you know, looking at a practice or taking on a practice or becoming a teacher is to really ask internally, you know, how will this bring a sense of discipline and freedom in my life and there's a good place to go
1: It's a funny one that you've used, the D word, which um, I used to think was a dirty, dirty word for a very long time. (laughs) And For
0: a rebel it is, of course. Rebellion rebellion and discipline, they're two very interesting uh, dynamics, you know.
1: But they can coexist alongside (laughs) one another, of course. And actually what I've noticed in the last probably two years is that discipline really makes me very happy. Mm. And I'd always just thought... (laughs) discipline this is the most right. ridiculous thing ever yes. but actually discipline is like self control yeah um and of course we've all got this wonderful ability to to derail and go mm-hmm. you know absolutely mm-hmm. off the rails mm-hmm. like Yeah. Well, without any notice whatsoever. I love this spontaneous way of living. And and that's why I moved to Abitha. And that's what I find here is that one minute you can be in a deep meditation in the morning in a yoga class. And the next minute you could be at DC10. And the next minute you could be in a, I don't know, sailing off to Formantera with someone you've just met five minutes ago on the beach. And just anything can happen. And and it's quite tricky to stay grounded here. But groundedness for me comes through a little bit of structure which is That's nothing right. I've ever had in my life but right. never had structure right. never had discipline never had a lot of self-control actually mm. which is something else mm. I've come to realise and actually living here can be amazing because of that yeah. but it can also be hell on earth yeah, when sure. you lose control it's right. quite tricky to yes. put the train back on the tracks and yeah. you know f- through meditation it, is is definitely where I'm finding more of that discipline not necessarily through sitting with cross legs as sure. we discussed before sure. but definitely through dancing mm-hmm. through movement mm-hmm. through my own little mm-hmm. weird yoga practice that mm-hmm. we talked about mm-hmm. and lots of other things besides mm-hmm. and I think but discipline's a beautiful, beautiful thing but yeah. I couldn't understand it before
0: yeah, well it's you know, for me actually I find that I found the well, it's just come into my life more I have more kind of disciplines um, here than I do when I was living in the city and um I find my way it gave it off it allows me to really kinda of go into the into the whole space of Ibiza, as you say, you never know what's happening in a day. Um, but I always know that I've got whatever I need to do to come back to and that, that really marks my day. Um, and that makes it more engaging for me rather than just kind of going with the wind, because the wind can blow any which way here. And, you know, there's many rabbit holes and many sort of different places and you know I I know all of that when I first came here you know I did all that when I was younger I got very lost here and you know all of those things you just wake up and you're lying on a beach you don't actually know how you even got there and all of those things I didn't know north, south, east or west you know I really didn't but but to me that was kind of part of um, that time in my life um, but now, my age now, it's not really about that, but I'm definitely here for the fun, you know. I'm absolutely here to enjoy it and soak it up. And But I'm totally and utterly um, committed to me being engaged in my day, and that's up to me. Um, it's not that I just get pulled and pushed everywhere and I'm not working in that way here, you know. So, And the days are amazing. Um, and I attract in what I attract in from that, you know. And that's a beautiful thing here, you know, because we live in a, a very sort of... Uh, a, a very magnetic kind of community here, and um, and uh, I love that. I love seeing what just comes in today. You know, that's well, a beautiful thing.
1: I used to say I'm like a feather. Yeah. And you, you know, pick me up and blow me anywhere. That yeah. used to be how I was, right. but I'm definitely not like that now. Right. And good. I do have the yeah the good. structure and that's the tools, the and I. It's good. It's I'm good. It's a good. Is,
0: that's where the energy is, you know. That's why you probably like to dance because, you know, that helps you come down. at lands, you know. I always put your, you know, put your mind into your feet and see what happens, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just in your head or your, or a broken heart or a, a sort of, you know, a unheard voice or, you know, the feet are important, you know, they do, uh, they have so much intelligence during your day, you know, mm-hmm. and they're grounding and they're like, all right, I'm here or I'm going to walk away, I'm not doing that, I'm going to go that way, you know, There's so much intelligence in that, mm-hmm. and everything is so seductive in Ibiza, you know, <laughs> she's such a seductress, sorry, so you know, it's true, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so it's a it's it's so everything feels very alluring, and you know, I, I it's got a big trickster energy, Abitha, for me. So you know, you, I I have to be mindful of the illusions that I see, or I have to be mindful of the the sort of little moments of trickiness, and all of those things. They're great invitations for practice uh, and grounding, and you know, when it's clear, and when it's yes, and when it's no, and you know, yeah, there's a lot of frequency movement in this island you know.
1: Mm. I think yeah I mean it's very easy to become the yes man here but actually what I'm, I'm noticing like I said before is being the no girl is mm. much more powerful yeah. saying no is yeah. definitely much more powerful than saying yes all the time right. yes just leads to utter madness
0: <laughs> yes it can on this island that's true yeah it's um, there's so many ways you can go you know but I think for me no you know I, I love the in, I love feeling internal in Ibiza you know that, that can often people feel like they're missing something or you know I love being at home. I love uh, riding and... say uh, I, I love to sing and play guitar and all those things. Uh, I'm a real North Islander, clearly. Um, but actually, for me, it's just all of those grounding things that help me connect. Um, and and they're, they're more and more important for me. The more I'm living here, actually, I don't miss the party so much anymore. I know they're coming, and it's not like you're trying to... You know, you're not trying to find the next thing or look for the next one. When I came for the first year... I was curious so I wanted to see what was going on everywhere but now it's kind of a a case of I'm going to let it all be now it's all good we just turn up we rock up and see Harvey and go funking for a while (laughs) it was great fun it was hot but it was great fun Um, and uh, yeah I don't I don't I don't seek so much
1: but yeah I mean there's just like it doesn't really matter I mean you, you kind of go through the FOMO stage when you live in a Ibiza thinking you're missing out on everything and you have like, to keep going out but actually yeah. when you get to a point where you actually physically can't yes, it's, it's like exhausting. well there's always going to be another party no. always <laughs> tomorrow and it'll probably be better
0: <laughs> that's Ibiza for you you know I think that's what's curious about this island it is it is the island of the hedonist in many ways it's a hedonistic place um, and that's a good thing you know I think it, uh, it's great to to be able to feel free in that as long as you feel free you know not in the prison of hedonism <laughs> do you
1: think that's possible to feel like you were in the prison of hedonism
0: uh, I think it, yeah I think it. it well if, I mean you can see it here you know I think you can see um, sadly you know it can get very out of control very quickly um, and that can be someone's life actually um, and you know a few times that you know I've had people coming who have just really burnt out and, um, yeah, it does happen. That's You know, it's the, the the dark side of the island as well, you know. You know, it's a beautiful paradise, but there's a lot of dark elements here that I feel, you know, can easily kind of whip up the frequency. So uh, I'm really mindful of that and I'm very protective around those kind of energies, really.
1: Absolutely. What's, uh, you need to be. So how do you, I mean, I've got a pretty good idea what you're going to tell me, but how do you reset here? What is it that you... You know, do to get completely out of your and maybe out of your head and into your body to kind of get yourself back to where you want to be
0: well I mean my um, it depends on the season so you know I'm, uh, I swim every day in the morning uh, I meditate uh, I do some yoga in the morning and then I swim uh, I'm in the ocean that's the first kind of um, meeting of just cleansing and completely refreshing um, I love that and I, I love then to just take some sun because you know I'm. Someone called me the polar bear in the desert here. I'm <laughs> totally Nordic, and so for me that's my sun time. it's the morning time, you know, I love to take sun. Uh, I don't wear sun cream. You know, I really enjoy the soft sun. And then you know, come mid sort of late morning, then I'm very engaged in my work in the world and what I'm doing, and you know, I have a lot of um, a lot of. I spend a lot of time calling out around the world and um, making my things happen out there Um, but then I also love Ibiza you know I'm big on sunsets and I have a lot of my own meditation spots that are way up in the secret spots and um, I go up there a lot in the evenings and I tend to try and get as much sunrise and sunset as I can it's so good for you Um, yeah and it's kind of like that for me you know it works around the weather it works around nature really that's why I came here you know I came here to get all the benefits of nature, but to kind of feel like you're in the city still somehow, right? It's a sun. It's a funny thing to be. So you can. There's like you never lose the quality of your conversations, and they feel very modern and urban. But actually, we're in paradise. Look at us, you know. We're now under the stars, you know.
1: We are Chris. It's all got rather romantic, actually. I've snuggled up in bed under the stars. It Snuggle couldn't get much bed better, under really. The stars.
0: Oh, I know, right? That's gorgeous.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. And that, well, I mean, yeah, I think the swimming in the ocean business in the morning first thing. And, you know, when I went through a right old phase of catching sunrise every day for like three weeks on the spin, actually. And actually, that is actually one of the happiest. You know, when you've got that, I think it's, they they call it the um, circadian rhythm. You know, when you've got that, things right. Right, uh, right which is very easy to fall off that wagon right. in there with the bedtimes and the late meals yes, and the late nights is. and bloody yeah. blah 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 yeah. when I'm going to bed at a reasonable right. hour like 10 o'clock and I'm getting up at 6 I'm catching right. sunrise even in the winter yeah. I love that yeah, rhythm yeah. it's the best thing in the world
0: right. well there's the benefits of that kind of discipline let's say that's a discipline just to have that right and so you know for me funny enough with b-box we look at people especially in the city people's circadian systems are completely messed up and you know they have very little sense of where the sun is and where the day is. It's a really tragedy, and they're, when you're sitting in the office all day and you have, you know, that really strong artificial light in those off you know, the strip lights in the office that drive you—they're like microwaves—and then and you're on your phone and screen and stress, and you know what an existence, you know. And so, you know, I I, I don't mean that to feel pity. I mean that to I in my, because I know it myself. I've been there. Um, so you know, for me to have a life where my circadian rhythms are in gear I mean that's just healthy you know simple Mm. and I've come here for that I've come here for a really good healthy life and when I say healthy it's about absolutely enjoying every moment of it and health for me is you know it's mental physical emotional health Um, and I'm super in that zone with this island
1: well you look like a shining picture of Health. And you're oh. always glowing, and you always look so rested and relaxed, and that's what I love about you. I think oh. it's it's really great. You. And you know, lastly, I mean, you know, with this bee box thing, I mean, you're yeah. saying about the circadian rhythm being off, yes. and you know, through this project, I mean, obviously the main mission, I guess, is to give people a bit of peace and serenity that live that busy, crazy mm. kind of on the move kind mm. of. Was it? Was it? You said something about, you know, you can still be in the city, but. Without losing, you know, the stillness, essentially. Yeah. But which is which yeah. is a beautiful a plan. Yeah.
0: Well, I say, you know, become still in the city so that you can still live your life and That's you can it. still do the same things. But with, you know, it, it's not just so the the boxes are not just about even just being peaceful. They're also about uh, resetting, actually, uh, reinvigorating, uh, rejuvenating. Uh, the way that you know the you know the the box itself contains a whole um, uh, mix of art. Neuroscience technology with mind, body, soul programs. And so, you know, you get benefits coming at you from all different angles. And they're there to really help you get ready to go back out into your life. So it is kind of time out, but it's also, you know, resetting your frequency, getting yourself ready. And it actually is like a little kind of um, compact version of Ibiza in, in some way. It's like getting all of those benefits that we get, but being able to have them in the city and being accessible people who can't get here so that's my dream is to is to bring everything that I'm living and, and allow share that out with people who just don't have access to it
1: there is some through inspiration in these beatbox moments yeah then.
0: totally I, I'm building the creative hub here I'm totally focused on how I can build some all my innovation here as well and then you know we'll, we'll put the the spaces all over the cities. The spaces for one, or the spaces for 40, 50 people as well. Um, it will be like studios, and they'll have body classes, mind classes, all sorts of really amazing work, and doing working with some really great high profile artists, um, visual artists, musicians, and even pop artists. I'm starting to engage with as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a real mission, but it comes with a spirit of here, you know. It is totally. Exporting the energy of Ibiza into into those other worlds, which I think is a good thing, right?
1: How could that ever be a bad thing? Right. I mean, definitely. This is definitely one of the most healing spaces, if you allow it to be, yeah. that you could ever be in in the yeah, world, for it's
0: sure. it's so vibrant, this island, you know. It's just full of vibrations, you know, and good vibrations mostly. And so um, that's that's what this project aims to do. That's what BWOX is about, you know. It really is. And so I'm... I'm here so I can keep absorbing it, so I can keep putting it back in and, you know, it feeds me to feed many others, you know, that's the mission.
1: So where can people catch it? I mean, I know it was in London, in Shoreditch, in the the Browns, kind of uh, HQ.
0: Yeah, well, we just opened in LA and uh, we've just done three months in LA now, uh, which is really cool. And then we're going to do another one in London towards Christmas time, um, which will be a drop-in again. And then come January, February, we're going to be... Um, more sort of working with different partners, so you'll see them in hotels and um, offices, and hopefully some public spaces, and um, yeah. And then we look at how we sort of continue that all around the world. And then the studios will open in 2020, and that'll be more like street level. Um, you will be able to you know just sign up for classes and work on 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 you know all your different systems and you know the sound and light medicine that you can get now. I mean, it's amazing what you, you can do in these spaces. Um, and so I'm, I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen it's going to be quite a journey
1: I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen I can't bloody wait I <laughs> actually was in London when the, one of these was probably, I literally just couldn't make it to one of these God, I was I gutted know, and I'm literally itching to I have this one well, of these there, experiences there will,
0: there will be more and you know and lucky us because you know like I said we kind of live in a big bee box in some way here you know it is these, es- it is these elements that really matter um, but we'll have something in the, on the island as well soon watch this space
1: hurrah can't wait for that thank you so so much and just lastly with the five are you doing anything else this year like a retreat or anything
0: yeah um, I'm going to do well I'm I'm going to keep monthly classes going so um, we'll do them they generally fall around the full moon as you know and um, uh, we'll keep going with the monthlies and then I hope next year to be doing uh, another retreat um, and it will be something really magical this retreat uh, I'll be working with some of the people who worked with Gabrielle Roth who are amazing and we're looking at bringing more five rhythms and uh, the, the sort of the ritual theatre of our life it be quite quite a piece quite a dramatic piece it's very beautiful so yes so watch this space and um, if anyone wants to catch me next week I'm going to be doing a we're showing a um, the video of, or the documentary even of um, Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, the great Vietnamese monk who um, who basically created the mindfulness movement, and uh, he's uh, he has a place called Plum Village in France, a very famous um, retreat space. Made a documentary about him. It's a very beautiful meditation documentary. So it's like meditating and watching at the same time. And I'm going to do a meditation walk and then watch the movie, and that's going to be at La Granja next Monday. Uh, that's going to be the eighth of the evening. And that involves some movement, very gentle, just walking, simple, mindful movement. And then we'll watch the documentary up there as well. That's going to be very beautiful. So,
1: well, actually, I've got a retreat, but I'm going to bloody well bring them with me. Oh
0: yeah, come for the walk. That'll be a beautiful thing to do. They can come on the walk. Um that will be a very beautiful walk through the grounds. And then we'll there'll be a silent walk. And then we'll end up sitting on the on the mountain, watch the watch that movie. And he's a master, a real master. And Narhan, you know, he's. Followed by millions of people around the world, he's been on Oprah lots of times. He's a super integrated guy. He's old now; he's really much older, um, but a really powerful, uh, like the Dalai Lama, probably second to the Dalai Lama in the Buddhist world, huh, to bring this easiness to the world and you know the easiness of understanding their work, which I really admire and respect. We're looking to do something at Bee Box with them as well, um, and that will be very beautiful. So watch this space.
1: I'm watching it and I'm totally in for all of that wonderful stuff like the Great. retreat the Great. documentary the walk yeah. all of it all of it all of it and People, um, we'll have
0: work classes and sessions and really good um, really good nights where we can really move and move truly madly deeply together
1: well that that, <laughs> that brings things neat, neatly to a close in, in my book and um, I'm so grateful to have you in my life I I really am like the dance and oh. You know, Even having you as a bit of a sounding board for this whole yeah. little reset yeah, project has, well has been fab.
0: Keep broadcasting to the world, keep pushing out <laughs> your things to the world. That's what it's about, you know. we get this little short life and we have so much possibility to just throw our stone, let it ripple and see where it goes.
1: Keep on rippling, Christopher.
0: <laughs> ripple on. Rippling rippling muscles, rippling wonderfulness. You're just
1: a picture of, Yeah. A, a lovely human that I'm glad to uh, glad to have met on this beautiful island so um thank you yeah, thank you
0: thank you gorgeous reset rebel it's the reset rebel it's the reset rebel it's the reset rebel coming to you every day